Welcome to the podcast. I'm Lilia Gustin, empowerment coach, light worker, womb wisdom guide, and artist. And this podcast is all things empowered lifestyle and self discovery. You'll hear from both me and amazing guests who are shining their light into the world through their unique magic, stories, wisdom, and methods to guide you deeper into your unique and fullest expression. We are empowering true autonomy and inspiring along the way. If you love what you hear, please reach out to me or leave a review. I'm so excited for you to come join us in this corner of the universe. This is the Empowering the Light podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to Empowering the Light season two. I'm so stoked that we are back into all this. This is the first episode that we are recording for season two of the podcast, which is just making me even more excited to share it with you because we have the most amazing guest today, Jacqueline Wills. And I'm going to tell you a bit about her, and then we're going to really just dive in and dive into the amazing topic that we're going to go into today. So Jacqueline Wills is a Philly-based theater artist, creative director, and founder of And Arts. Her journey to building And Arts bloomed from her love of working with performing artists and is rooted in her mission to help artists and creatives achieve their best work. And Arts provides creative direction and strategy to artists and creative entrepreneurs building big ideas, projects, or lives. Jacqueline uses her 18 plus years of experience in the entertainment industry as well as her background in theater and social work to serve artists and creatives of all types through creative coaching, creative direction, and creative space. Jacqueline is passionate about directing artists and creatives on their path and providing them with the support and tools needed to build sustainable creative careers. That was amazing. I just want to preface everything going through here is that I have worked personally with Jacqueline as a client, as a collaborator, as just a friend, and she is one of the most amazing human beings. So I'm so excited to be welcoming her today. Welcome, Jacqueline. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, hi. That was so nice for you to say that. That's so sweet. Thank you, Lilia. I'm so happy to be part of season two. Yes. Exciting. Yes. <laughs> Oh, thank you so much for being here. So today we are diving into everything that Jacqueline was talking about in her bio about creativity and creative living and creative living as an entrepreneur, creative living as an artist. And for anyone listening who doesn't know, I went to art school before doing my business. I was a lithography printmaking like focus as well as a performance art focus. And Everything creative arts, I'm just in love with. I like worked at the Smithsonian I'm, as a museum educator at the Hirshhorn for a while before I started my business. So as soon as I met Jacqueline, I was like, this is the element I'm missing is bringing all that creative energy into entrepreneurship, which was super empowering for me personally. But I want to start off by asking Jacqueline, because we are talking about empowerment on empowering the light and all these different areas, what do you feel is the most empowering about creative living? Like how does creative living really help us live an empowered life within our lifestyle? Oh, great. Yes, I love this. Okay, so I think that creative living is really about noticing and paying attention, right? And making connections, building connections in every way. And so I think that the more you notice, the more that you build connections, the more that you, um, you know, explore, right, the more empowered 
you're going to be, right? Um, whether that's from a learning perspective of like getting into a certain subject that you're really passionate about, or whether that is walking down the street and connecting that, you know, two things that you see that are seemingly unrelated. I think that that kind of superpower of creativity can make you feel really empowered and can help you see the world and have a lens into the world that most people don't have, right? If you, if you, you know, really, really cultivate and practice creative living and practice a creative practice and do all of the things that, you know, um, make that skill really sharp. So, yeah. yeah. Yes. Oh, I love that. I love that idea of just like really being like mindful and explorative in everything that you're doing. I mm-hmm. feel like that's so relevant right now, like as we're like still in COVID and we're still at home and we can't do a ton. Like, I feel like creative living kind of brings the life back into what we can do which is really magical. Yes. And I think too, that it forces you to be really present, which is what I really love about creativity and art making in general is that it's, it's a very active thing, right? Like you, it, in it, and it's actionable and it's doing, you know? So I think that if you, the more present you are and the more that you're noticing and the more that you're appreciating and the more that you're loving about what's around you, then you're going to feel more empowerment or more kind of daily um, power over your own like circumstances, right? Or your own life um, because you're appreciating and loving what's around you or you're stopping for a minute to notice something or whatever. Um, So I think that that is a huge part of it too, right? Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. There's like, I want to like go in so many different directions right now, just hearing that. I'm like, I want to build off of that, but I also want to know like your, your history and like how you got into all of this. So I'm first going to build and then we're going to, we're going to backtrack into how you got into creative coaching and that journey for you. Um, so as you were saying, like really being present, I, I found this quote the other day. Um, and actually a, a mentor was like saying it like in a class that we were doing. And the quote was comparison is the thief of joy. Mm. What I love about what you just said is that how it kind of really bring like creativity brings you into the present. Like it's tangible, it's actionable. You're bringing your full awareness into the present moment. And I feel almost we sometimes get sucked into comparison of our past or even like a comparison of ourselves from the past, as well as like comparison of what we think we want in the future. Like Mm. not even, not even playing with the idea of comparison to other people, but almost just like comparison to our own lives and our own selves. And I feel like that idea of presence, especially with creative, creative living allows us to access more joy because we're not like, we're not, uh, stealing joy from ourselves by comparing ourselves to past or future, which is so beautiful. Yes. Oh, I love that. Stealing joys from our, yes, yes. That's, that's so true. And I think, um, yeah, I, I think we're doing a total disservice to ourselves, especially by comparing where we are and where we had hoped to be right. Like in the future, because I think by like, by assuming that our like present selves have any idea, you know what I mean? Like it's so ego driven, right? That we have any idea of what that future is going to look like. Like we have any control over what that is like. And so I think we're doing a huge disservice to ourselves by being like, Oh, I thought I would be farther along. Right. Or I thought that I would have this or that, or I thought what I would do this or that, because like, we're basically saying, Oh, I don't believe in all the possibilities that could happen. And I have to control that. And my ego has to control that. And, and it's really, it's, it's really funny because it's like, we don't, we have no control. And also like we have this weird ego thing that we're constantly kind of battling, right? Of like, oh, you know, 
I'm going to do everything that I possibly can to be the best that I can now. But really, it's for the idea that I'm really building myself up to this idea that I have for myself in the future, right? If that makes sense. Like, and, and most of the time, we're just robbing ourselves of the possibility of what we could be by trying to control so much, right? Yeah. Yeah. If that, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, that's something I try and remind myself of all the time is like, okay, all you can do is show up and be present and do what you can now because you have no idea what it's going to look like in the future. And that should be exciting, right? Like not something that's limiting um, because my, my current person and my current brain, my current everything can't even begin to comprehend what that future looks like. And it shouldn't try to, right? So that's what I try and always remind myself of. <laughs> Yes. Oh, that was so powerful. I feel like that, oh, that plays so well with like really being able to be present in your life and enjoy your life. And so I have a quick question that like came from that. So what is your perspective on creativity when we're looking at creativity, not from the lens of building a future that like art is ego driven and control driven, but exploring creativity in the present moment without that attachment to kind of like building, building a future that we might not fully know the possibilities of right now. And I think that a lot of times as, as like creatives, we get, we get caught in that idea of like, we're built, we're doing this creative project for our future self instead of for our present. So I was, I would love to know your opinion on that idea of creativity, not for building something, but for actually being here and now. Mm -hmm. So I love this and I love talking about this. So creativity used to be understood as this like spiritual relationship, right? That's something that we as humans had no control over, um, something that we as humans didn't, couldn't yield for power or for capitalism or for whatever it is, right? So, um, and it was really understood in, 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 in our ancient history as to be a very spiritual thing. And now I think what happens, especially I would say with the advent of like online businesses or technology or whatever it is, is like everyone is kind of craving the next big creative, cool, innovative move. You know what I mean? In order to be that much better, right? For the future or to excel in some way. Um, And that is usually at least capitalism like driven, right? Like that's usually like, oh, we are going to invent or we're going to innovate because we're going to make money or we're going to solve a problem. And not that there's anything wrong with like wanting to make money or solve a problem, but creativity really gets stifled in those moments when you're trying to think about what the end product is, right? Like, or when you are, you know, controlling or manipulating or really holding hard to what you want the end product to look like or what you think you want the end product to look like, right? So what I, I always urge artists to try and do and what I always urge creative entrepreneurs to try and do is to use creative practice or creative exploration to serve them in, uh, in um, problem solving, basically, right? So what I try and do is give people exercises or, you know, lenses or ideas or like whatever it is that, that they can apply an artistic process or creative process to in order to help them problem solve, get through like a sticky moment, whatever it is, and then, and then worry about the product after, right? So I think that that kind of forces you to be living in the moment and like living in a relationship with your creativity um, and using your creativity in a very present way, if that makes sense, instead of, oh, I'm going to only use it to 
make a piece of art that is that I'm then going to sell in order to make money, or I'm only going to use it to be in this production or be on this film set or whatever in order to advance my career, right? It's like, no, there are other ways that we can have a relationship to creativity that can be very personal and that can be helpful in the moment, right? Or in the pre in our present lives that have nothing to do with like the product, right? Or the, the finished beautiful piece or whatever it is. Yeah, I think that that was a huge shift that I experienced in art school too, was that idea of process, <clears throat> excuse me, was that idea of like process in the present moment versus end result. And I remember, so I like grew up in a family of artists and a family that was very artistic and little like elementary school me was terrified of making art because I wanted it to look realistic and I wanted the end product to be exactly what I saw with my eyes. And I didn't have the skill set to be able to draw like a house that looked exactly like the house I was looking at yet. And, and I just, I couldn't even go through the process because I was so stuck in this perfectionist moment that was like, it's the end product that matters. Yeah. Um, and here my dad is like an abstract artist and like does everything like abstract and like beautifully crazy and it is amazing. And, and I was like, no, it's gotta look like the thing. And it's, that's gotta be the end result. Mm -hmm. And going to art school really opened up this idea of like, it's really about the journey and the process and the exploration. Like the idea that you have at the beginning of what that end result might be is most likely not going to be what it looks like after going yeah. through creative process. And, mm -hmm. and, as you were talking about this idea of using creativity in the moment to problem solve versus having it be like this already predetermined object that's going to make you money or get you somewhere further in your career or in your future, um, really, really plays on that idea that it is like that, that experience and that intimate experience with the process of creativity that really lets us expand. And I love that because that was a perspective. I honestly hadn't brought that into my business until starting to work with you. And for everyone listening, if you have been in Empowered You or if you have not yet joined Empowered You, which is my my group program, I designed it in one of our one a session with Jacqueline as she like helped me through creative processes to really expand on this idea. And that session was so amazing. It was like 75 minutes of just like full on magic. <laughs> It was fun. It was fun. Yes. 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 I, I think that exactly like, I think that process, especially creative process can be so integral to the entrepreneur life. Right. And I think that, um, if you run your own business and you don't have a solid relationship to what that looks like, like what your creative process is, how you come up with and then expand on ideas, you know what I mean? Like whatever it is, like if that is not really nourished and supported, then you are going to be potentially putting out ideas, putting out offerings, whatever it is that are going to fall flat that maybe like are, and even if they are successful, even if they do get, you know, people involved or people get excited about them or whatever it is, they're not going to feel really genuinely exciting, right? To you. And they're not going to feel like something that you actually want to keep doing all of the time, right? Um, if they are not really enlivened or nourished by your specific creative process. And that's why I love working with artists specifically and artists who run businesses or artists that don't, um, because they're so like just down, right? To like get into this stuff, right? And they're really down to like, discovering what that even is for their process and all of that. And, um, you know, if you're an artist, they're really down to figure out how they can apply it to their business. Um, but most folks who aren't, 
um, you know, say you are a creative entrepreneur, but you've never really considered yourself to be an artist, don't really like get like they don't really understand it you know what i'm saying like until they do it and they're like oh okay like this is how this is supposed to be and this is this is the type of attention and consideration that i should be having towards building and creating ideas in my business right so it's a fun journey to like go on with people and um i'm so happy that it was successful for you <laughs> yes <laughs> Me too. Um, I love that. That's so beautiful. And that actually leads into like, first off, like what is creative coaching? But before we dive into that, I'd love to dive into your story and your history and how you became a creative coach, how you got into the world, the world of art to begin with. And just like what that process looked like for you. And even like tying into that idea of like how, like the possibilities for like you were talking about with our future, like we have no idea like what amazing possibilities are there. And just thinking about my own past, like five years ago, I don't think I had any idea that I'd ever be like an empowerment coach or like be talking about menstruality or menstrual cycles. That was like, that, that idea was just not even like around me yet. So I'd love to hear your story of how you became a creative coach. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I grew up in a household that really cultivated and understood creativity to be an important aspect of life. Um, my mom, I always say that I owe my every creative thing in my body to my mom, right? Like every, every everything that um, surges through me to my mom. My mom was someone who really encouraged imaginative play and curiosity and exploration and exposed us to the arts at a really young age. You know, my sister was a dancer and I was a theater kid and my brother, you know, did some performance in a lot of visual art and culinary arts. And we just were very, that was just something that was really important in my house and really, really um, cultivated. And, and I, um, you know, was bit by the theater bug, as we say, at a really young age and was, you know, an actor mainly um, as a child. And, you know, I had the privilege um, of being able to cultivate my skills through classes and workshops and things like that. And yeah, did a lot of, um, you know, community theater or, you know, school theater, things like that. And so when I was going to go to school um, for undergrad, I really thought about what I wanted to do with theater. And I always knew that I wanted to do something that wouldn't just be about performance, right? I always kind of, there was always something in me that was like, mm, I don't know, like it doesn't feel like quite enough to just like be an actor and make theater, right? Or it doesn't feel like quite enough to be a director and make theater or whatever that is. I wanna do, I wanna figure out how to use this to serve the world basically, or to like help people. And so I decided to go to school for social work. And I originally had like a creative arts therapy, drama therapy, you know, um, lens into social work. And that's really what I thought I wanted to do. And I went to this small school in, in Pittsburgh and I learned so much about social work. And I learned, I took some amazing classes, right? I took classes in gender and race and film and, you know, sociology and anthropology and psychology. And I am so grateful for that time because I really, I really think now that it wasn't that I, it wasn't that I didn't want to just perform. It's that like, you know, we ask young artists at 18 to go to art school and like, 
make a stamp on the world, right? Or to like make art. And we have no idea who we are or what we want to say or have no knowledge of the world outside of our very, very small um, place, um, sheltered place. Um, at least that was for me. So I feel really grateful for that time because it really exposed me to so much that I had not considered about my place in the world, my privilege in the world, um, you know, uh, so many different things. And, and so um, I'm really grateful for that time, but I got to be like, a, you know, it got to be my third year in social work. And I was like, I need to make art. Like I'm going crazy here. Like I had revamped a drama club on campus and I was like trying to like do productions on my own and direct things in Pittsburgh. And I worked with the Pittsburgh Film Society. I was doing so many different things, but I felt like I just, I'm not, this is not enough. So I decided to transfer and go to Columbia College Chicago and I got a BA in theater directing. And I'm really grateful for that time too, because it was really about skill, right? And also about getting really exposed and out into the theater community in Chicago and working on things. And that was all, it was all really amazing. But even when I was in the theater classes, I then had this whole thing where I was like, this does not feel like enough. Like it doesn't feel like, you know, when people say theater or storytelling or film or whatever can change the world, right? And I was like, not convinced still, you know what I mean? I was like, does it really? Like, do people go into the theater, like, who don't stay for the dramaturgical talk back afterwards? Do they really actually feel motivated to like do something with what they've learned, right? Like, is there really like a, a bridge between storytelling and activism? Like, like, I was just, I was answered, like, you know, going through all of this and having all of these questions. And I also realized too, that like so much of what I really love about making art has nothing to do with the end moment, right? Like I realized that I love process. I realized that like, I didn't really care about how a play turned out, you know what I mean? As a director, I wasn't, I wasn't really concerned with that final moment at the end. And so all of this kind of cultivated to me being like, what do I, how do I use all of these skills? Right. And like, what do I do to help artists um, or help anyone who's creative um, because of the one thing that I truly did love so much when I was directing theater and when I do I, I mean we're in COVID times so I'm still so I'm saying was but when I do direct theater is um, is that relationship in the rehearsal room right between director and actor or between director and set designer or between whatever it is like the process oriented stuff of helping artists figure out what is going to serve them and the play the, in, the, in the best way, right? Like that's the stuff that I really love to do. I love that in the moment, working with actors, working with performing artists, working with designers, working with stage managers, whatever it is, to figure out how they can use their skills to the best of their ability in order to serve a project or a play. And when I realized that that's what I really loved and that I didn't really care about the end goal that much, um, I was like, okay, I got to figure out what to do with this, <laughs> you know? So, um, because, you know, like, yeah, sure. Like I can make theater in process spaces, like devised theater and things like that. And I can do all of that, but it's never going to feel like enough to me. Right. So how, what am I going to do? So I just kind of thought about what folks needed when I, you know, especially when I graduated school, um, I really thought a lot about what I was hearing from other artists, other creatives when they got out of school and, and, and the resources and the tools and the things that they really felt that they needed in order to actually be sustainable artists, right? Um, and then this idea of this like co-working membership model space 
came out of me <laughs> and I was going to do that in Chicago. And then my husband and I moved to Philly. So here we are. So now I've kind of created this business that is eventually going to have that co-working space and that, that point, which I'm very excited about. But now I have all of these other ways that I've kind of developed um, in order to serve artists and help artists and basically repeat that moment that I love so much in rehearsal rooms of working with people and using creative process, using exercise, using theater, using drama therapy, like I would in a, in a, in a rehearsal space, right? Um, to help that artist get to where they wanna be or make something that they wanna make or whatever it is. So long-winded, that's how and arts <laughs> kind of came to be. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. And I feel like there was like, I knew your story before going into this, this podcast, but I feel like just hearing you tell it now, like from the beginning to kind of like here, Mm -hmm. I feel like I got so much out of just listening to you tell that story, like little nuggets of your experience that like I hadn't known about before and little nuggets that almost illuminated a bit more about my experience too, which was fun. Mm. Um, because I love how you tapped into like that idea of what, what was really lighting you up? Like what, what did the world need? What lit you up? What, what felt like enough? Like what filled you up and what filled your glass up? And I think that's a lot of times like when especially like that whole idea of like, <laughs> we're thrown into college when we're 18 and we, we don't even know who we are yet. I, I personally, I went to college, I started college when I was uh, 20 instead of 18. And I think if I had started college when I was 18, I, I like, I think I would have flunked out. Like I just, I didn't have the discipline when I was 18 or just the idea of like mm -hmm. wanting to study <laughs> yeah. to, to be able to hop into college at that age. And Totally. I discipline in other areas. Like I was a dancer and like wanted a professional dance career at that time. But, um, but I, I think that we do need to like go through life and go through that process and keep evolving and keep expanding. And we find these new areas that light us up. And it's kind of like, it's following that light, that light within you and following where it takes you. And I love the, how you, you really looked at like, what is it that you really enjoyed about directing, about being in theater spaces and about that process and how could you then take it so you could live that every single day, which yes. is so inspiring and so empowering to be able to be like, you know, this, this is what lights me up. How can I make this something that I can continually do and continually like light myself up every day? Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah. powerful. Yeah. I, I feel like to and I hear this when, in my work with artists all the time and of this idea of like, you know, we have to pay attention to the, the what, it, like we have to pay attention to, okay, are we artists? What is our mission? What is it that we want to do? Are we artists to live out that mission and to do that? Or are we artists to do it, to live it out in the way that we thought we always would, right? Like this idea of like, like, you know, I think we're served like these options, especially in art school. We're like, okay, here's the skill that the artistic skill, and then this is how you use that skill. And that's it. It's like, you know, <laughs> like here's, you learn how to paint and then you're a painter. And then, you know, you make relationships with galleries and you have shows and you saw like whatever it is, right. Or you're an actor and this is how you learn to be an actor. And then you go and you audition and then you eventually get an agent and then you like, whatever it is. And there's like a, there's like a, like a skilled, like, you know, ladder or trajectory or like whatever it is that we're sold um, or given. And there's not a lot of options or leeway otherwise, you know? And I think like, that's really what I was feeling this for so long. I was like, this doesn't, 
this is not enough. It's not enough for me to just make a play and walk away from it. It's not enough for me to write something and put it out there and walk away from it. Like I'm, I'm, there's something that's not clicking here. Right. And, and I think often it doesn't feel like enough for a lot of artists. It often, it doesn't feel like enough to work in your industry. It doesn't feel like enough to, you know, do one skill or have one thing or have one way of living or one trajectory. And, and I think we often, um, kind of like we kind of shrink ourselves or we go inward and we're like, there's something wrong with me that this is not enough. You know, I, I, I work with artists who seemingly, right, have beautiful, fulfilling careers in their, in their skill, right, or in their industry, in their genre, and are, are like, I'm miserable. You know what I mean? And I think we have to recognize that everybody's going to have a different path and a different way of using their artistic skills and that it's totally possible um, to feel fulfilled and happy and have all the things that you want in your life and use those skills that you love and be creative and live out an artistic life and have it not look like what you were told freshman year of your undergrad <laughs> that your career was going to look like, right? So I think that that's really, really important. And because it's not about like the how, it's about of, like, it's not about the how of how we live these things out. It's about the what, it's about the, the, the mission. And my, my mission is to, is to work with other creatives and to work with other artists and help them achieve their best work and their best creative lives. Like that's what I'm here to do. And I can do that in a rehearsal room, of course, but I can also do that in a business and I can also do that in a workshop and I can also do that writing a book and I can also do, I can do that in so many different ways. And the industry and the career and the genre or whatever that you're sold in art school is just one way right? It's just the one way to live out what your artistic mission is. It's not it. It's not the final thing. It's not the, it's not the, the, you know, end all be all. It's just one way. So yes, I am so happy I listened to myself and now I help others listen to themselves too. Yes. Oh yes. And that goes so well into that idea of like letting go of the shoulds. Like this is the path you should take. And I know we were having this conversation, um, a, a, like last week about like, about this idea of shoulds in our society and like mm -hmm. there's this way that you should do it or you should do this or you or you should feel this way and mm -hmm. <clears throat> I love how you were talking about this this like artistic ladder and I personally really felt this like coming out of school it was like you come out of school you either transfer another school you get another degree in art like you keep going up this ladder then you you make a relationship with a gallery, like you were saying, you, tr you just keep sending all your work to different galleries until one says yes, you maybe work in a museum until, or a gallery as like an assistant until you have enough money to live off of your art. Mm -hmm. And I started walking that path. I was like, yeah, I was working at a museum. I was ready to like go get more degrees and like go more. And, but I didn't feel like fully fulfilled. Like I loved what I was doing. Like I loved my job. I loved what I was doing, but I was also like, i I also knew this lifestyle wasn't supporting me and my body yeah. and like what I wanted to do in the long term, and mm -hmm. and I still have people. So that kind of leads me to where I was going with with this idea of shoulds that that you're bringing up of like this ladder. And so for me, my creativity, like before, yeah, I was making prints, I was making performance work, like I was doing these different processes, and I feel like I haven't that creativity just like transferred itself 
to some, to like a different area. Like, I feel like I still feel that creativity, but now it's in my business. Like mm-hmm. my business, like whether it's me branding, like me switching up my branding or designing my website or uh, creating a program or creating a process for a client to help them like work through something that they're going through. I feel like that, that creativity that I used to put into like objects or like a performance piece has now just shifted into like every aspect of my business. And yes, I want to definitely shift it way more. And that's like a goal that I'm still on is really bringing all of that creativity into it. But, but I still have people saying like, well, do you still do art? Like, like, are you still an artist? Like, are you still pursuing an artistic career? And it's so hard for me to answer that question. Cause I'm like, yeah, well, yeah, like I use my creativity every single day. Like I use in a way that fulfills me and feels like I can help support others while exploring the process of my creativity. And, Mm -hmm. and I like never know how to answer that question because we have this idea of what an artist should be. And if you don't fit into that should picture, then all, then you're not pursuing your creativity or you're not pursuing your art or you're not going down that path that is technically like the quote unquote artist path or even that idea of like a suffering artist, which I loved listening to one of your past podcasts where you're talking about this idea of like, um, like, like a suffering artist and what, how that doesn't necessarily need to be what we define an artist as in our society. And, um, I just think that it's so interesting looking at that perspective of like, yeah, I still, I still don't know how to answer that question. Cause I'm like, I still feel like the artist I was. It's just like that creativity is transferring into things that really light me up now and don't, mm-hmm. don't feel like I have to just create something and walk away from it. Yes, exactly. You know, I would really urge you, Lilia, to respond with, well, what do you, what do you think an artist is, right? <sighs> I think that's the way to go about it, right? Because I also think that we think we know, right? Like we think we know what that is. Like we think we know what an artist is or we have these, pre- yeah, these preconceived ideas of what it is, right? And, um, you know, I, I really believe that there's an artist in everyone. I really truly believe that. And I also really believe that you, that being an artist is not about um, accomplishment. It's not about like touch points in a career, right? It's not about, you know, anything that has to really do with honestly, like the capitalism of it, like it's not really about that. What it's about is the way of living and being in the world. That's it, you know? So if, if you are responding by creating in the world, like you're an artist, right? If you are making connections between two seemingly <laughs> different things that have no connection at all in your brain, like you're an artist, right? If you are, it, it's a way of like seeing and existing. It's not a way of, um, of uh, like working. Does that make sense? Yeah, or like a way of accomplishing. Yeah, a way of accomplishing. And, and, and I think too, we are so scared of that word, you know? Like we're all like, oh, can I, can I call myself an artist? Like, am I an artist? Like, you know what I mean? Like, can I, is, is that what I'm doing? Like, we're so terrified of this word. And it's like, and it's because of course, there have been some great artists of our time, right? You know, in our lifetimes and our history and people that we look up to and people that we could never imagine being on the same, you know, capacity, right? Or the same like, you know, uh, pedestal of, or like whatever it is. But I think we just need to like check our egos, right? And be like, okay, I can call myself an artist and I can be making, I can be writing, I can be doing, I can be responding, I can be creating and not like be, I don't know, winning some whatever it is award or like, you know, filling a gallery or, or 
winning a Tony or like whatever it is, right? Because that's not really what it's about. It's not about that. It's about living in a certain way. It's about the doing of art making. That's what it's about. It's not about anything else. So yes, do you write? You're an artist. Yes, do you design? You're an artist. Yes, do you create, you know, um, uh, copy or, or, or branding for your business? You're an artist. You know, if you have a point of view and a lens and you're making something, then you're an artist, in my opinion. Yes, and I think that that's so... Like I, I like personally feel, and everybody who's listening to this, I invite you to also feel into this and feel how it feels to you. But I feel like just that perspective of being an artist and being creative is very empowering. Just mm -hmm. be, just being able to own that and be like, hey, like yes, I may not be on the wall in a museum. I may not be in like on a movie screen or like like creating the the next top film that everyone's going to rave over. But but like you said, that's not the goal of art. Like that's not the goal of being an artist. And when we shift our perspective out of that, then we can feel empowered in our own creativity and let it run wild. Like let it actually blossom and bloom when we're not putting expectations onto what our creativity should be. Yes. Not putting expectations. Absolutely. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like there's nothing wrong with wanting to win a Tony, right? There's nothing wrong with wanting to make the next big film. Like, and I think that that's beautiful. And I think that that you 100%, if you have artistic goals, creative goals, like, yes, please, like, do what you need to do to be whatever it is that you want to be or to create those things. But if that's your only motivation, it's never going to be fulfilling and it's never going to be it, you know, like, it's never going to be the thing that makes you, that brings you joy and makes you happy no matter what you accomplish, right? Um, if that's your main goal. And, you know, I really love Toni Morrison. Toni Morrison is like, one of my favorite writers and beings. Um, and, you know, she, her perspective is really like all art is political, right? Like all art is political. And if it's not, if it's not saying something, if it's not con contributing to a dialogue, if it's not, you know, um, really motivated by, by your own point of view or your own lens or you wanting to help the world or assist the world or whatever it is, then like, what's the fucking point? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like, what's the point? We're just making things to be at that point commodified, right? And we're just making things just to, just to make them, you know, and to, and to put them out there just to, just to slap a, a number on it and, and make some money. Right. Um, and that's not, that's not, you know, sustainable. It's just not, it's just not sustainable. Um, so yeah, I, I, I really think that we have to give ourselves some slack, first of all, right? Like, you know, cut ourselves some slack and also just be more like open and generous with the term artist. We just have to be more generous with it. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I 100% agree. I, yes, 100%. I'm here just being like in my head. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I love it. So that, so there's like a few different things I, I want to gear us into, um, with our time remaining right now. And I'm going to let you pick which one you want to start with. Cause one <laughs> is like, what is creative coaching and like creative direction? And what is the behind the scenes process of what you do with clients and what you do in your business? Okay. But also what are some things for both individuals who feel like artists? Like how can they start bringing creative living back into their lifestyle or back into their business? Mm -hmm. And individuals who don't feel that they're artists that just don't know how to tap into that creativity. Like what is something that they can start doing to help them start living in a more creative way and tapping into that aspect of themselves that maybe hasn't been lit up for a while or explored for a while. 
And I'm going to let you pick which, which one of those feels more juicy to go into first. <laughs> so what I think I'm going to do is I'm going to answer the second one and, you know, fit in some what creative coaching is, because I think that's- Love it. Yeah. It really is solving that. That is a huge theme, right? And in, 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 in creative coaching. So yes. So I think what I think- if we're talking tangible things, right, that people can do in order to reestablish their relationship or nourish their relationship with creativity, um, especially if you have not considered yourself to be a creative or artistic person. Um, the first thing that I would do and the first thing that I would tell people to do is to keep an observation log like any. Um, one that is, you know, can be written down, you know, in a notebook or in your phone or like whatever it is. Um, and really start to track how you observe the world and how you emotionally respond when you observe the world. So, you know, when you are on a walk, what is it that you take pictures of, right? Or when you're out with friends, what is it that you notice and you want to take pictures of, or you want to note, or you want to say, oh, that's cool, or that's interesting. Like starting to just observe and take a moment to look at what your lens is, you know what I mean, is and what you find interesting is really going to show you what your creativity is, is, right? Or like what your creative lens is or what your creativity is trying to point out to you and be like, hey, like this is something that you only have, right? So I say things like whatever makes you curious, whatever makes you lean in and go like, oh, I want to learn more about that, write that down. Whatever makes you really excited or inspired and, 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 and makes you like feel joy, write that down. Um, whatever makes you um, uh, want to um, share, whatever makes you want to share when you find something really interesting and then you want to tell someone about it, write that down. So all of those things are going to show you like what your specific creative lens is, right? Or the things that you really want to put into the world or you really find are fascinating about the world. So I would say do that. <laughs> um, and then I would say to keep an observation journal. And then I would say, go through that journal and look at what it is that the patterns are, right? Like what, you know, I don't know, what the themes are, or what you find interesting, or what makes you lean in, or what time of day was that? And what time of day was that observation or whatever it is, and try to find the patterns and the themes and the things that are really consistent. And then I would say, respond to those. So in whatever medium that you want, it could be that you sit down and you free write. It could be that you color. It could be that you go out with your cameras, you know, on your phone still and continue to take pictures. It could be that you, you know, um, whatever it is, whatever medium that feels good to you. Um, it could even be something like, you know, you notice that you take a lot of pictures of flowers, right? <laughs> For example, okay, how can I start to creatively build flowers and flor the love of florals into my life more? Can I be, can I be creating my own arrangements in my, you know, during the week or whatever it is, right? It's like connecting what you already find really interesting and building in like a tactile activity to respond to that. I think I would say is the tangible thing that you can do and make it really small, like start really small if you need to. It doesn't need to be like these big grandiose things. You don't need to make like a whole piece of art. <laughs> you know, responding to the fact that you have noticed that this one particular sign on your walk every day has been leaning over more and more and more or like whatever it is, right? Like you don't need to make a huge thing, but just start kind of 
slowing down, observing, and then responding by doing something tactile. Respond to a theme or a question that you noticed or something in your observations. I think that would be a tangible thing, if that answers your question. <laughs> yes, like so much. I was sitting here listening and being like, okay, now I need to do that. Like, I, I want to start doing that now too. And, and yes. just listening to it too, like there's there's such a beauty in that idea of being able to like observe not only our surroundings, but ourself and get to know ourself and our creativity on that deeper level through, through tracking, through observing, through being like a scientist about ourselves and our creativity. And I was listening to this whole process too. And I was like, this is the same process when you're tracking your menstrual cycle and like, <laughs> and all of that. And I was like, this yeah. is so like, I love how like creative living and cyclical living really do like, crossover and intermingle because it's all, it's all about observation and self-discovery and whether the lens is creativity or the lens is your energy. Like they, they both beautifully cross over and can be set like two very empowering, like lifestyles to be able to really embody in your own way as, as you move forwards with your life, with your business, with all of that. So Mm -hmm. I loved that prompt. I personally, everyone listening, I'm going to start doing this and I invite you guys to join me in doing this too. It's and it can be yeah. mm-hmm. and I think too, like there is a a yes, I think there's so much power in just like calming down and like noticing and observing and tracking. Um, you know, and I, I think that our creativity really speaks to us in so many different ways. Like, you know, um, for example, like daydreaming, right? Or talking to yourself, or you know. Um, I don't know, procrastination can be a huge indication that creativity is trying to talk to you. Like, you know, there's so many different ways that it can show up in your life and you just like need, and just, it's just about recognizing. It's just about going like, oh, that's, that's a creative inspiration. That's a creative idea. That's creativity trying to talk to me. That's not just like a passive thing to ignore, right? Or to keep going on with your life about, right? So, you know, it's so funny because so much of my life I've been told that I'm like too much you know what I mean? And I think women in general, this is something that is, can be challenging, but I've been told like, you read too much into things or you're too, you're, you know, you lean too much into something or you're too passionate or why do you care so much about that? And I hear these things all the time. And I think that it's because I'm like a creative human, you know? So I can't walk down the street and see something and not be like, I want to know the entire story of why that sign is leaning over that way. You know what I mean? Like I can't, I'm just not, it's just not in me. Um, and I think that that is something that can be that, and the, that can be taught. I, I don't think that that's something that is inherent. Like I was taught to look at the world that way as a child, right? I was not, it was not something that was just like in me. That's not in you. That's not in somebody else. Like these things can be taught, these skills can be developed. Um, and it's not, you know, it's not just something that somebody has. I, I truly believe that. I don't believe that there's someone who's more creative than someone else, for example. Um, yeah. So I would start there. Yes. And to answer your question about creative coaching, um, what I just did is creative coaching basically. Right. So by, by you, by someone coming to me and saying, okay, how do I get back into my, you know, creative you know, process or how do I reconnect my creativity or how do I live more like an artist? Like, that's what it is. Like tangible things that you can do from a process place or from a um, creative expression place, whether that's using certain mediums, sometimes we get into that, um, in order to really live out your creative ambitions and your creative goals. 
Um, it's really about, you know, providing uh, potentials even, right? Like unlocking creative potential, unlocking the blocks that you might have in your life around your creativity and turning whatever your creative goals are, if you're a creative entrepreneur, if you're an artist into action steps too, right? Strategy, projects, things to really live out all of this that's inside of you that wants to come out. So that's really what, what we do in sessions. And that's um, a huge part of creative coaching. It's, it's, like, it's like a dance kind of, of like working with your creativity and your artistry to really help it come out and live its full potential and take on everything that it's supposed to take on. Um, yeah. Yes. Describe it. <laughs> yes. And it's something that like, I feel like so many of us like need right now because it just transfers into so many different areas of mm -hmm. our life. Mm -hmm. Like it, it's beyond just like, um, it's beyond just like one aspect of like creating one like piece of art. Like I think the beautiful part of like me personally having worked with you in the past was that like what we dove into in our session just transferred to every area of my life. And like yeah. the way I approached everything within my life and my business. Yes. <laughs> Oh my God. I'm so happy to hear that because that's what it is. That's the thing, you know, like it's not just about like our, our pieces and like our art that we put in. The, I mean, that stuff is beautiful, right? Like, you know, I, I get excited when I see you making art on, you know, in, on stories or whatever. I'm like, yes, I love that. But it's about taking these processes and applying them to anything that you do. And that makes your life like so much more nourished and enriched and joyful and like cool and exploratory, you know? Um, I want that for everyone. I want it for everyone. <laughs> yes. I love it. And I love that, um, I love that you had said like this, this idea of where a lot of times we're told we're too much. And this is something that like, that I've experienced is something a lot of my clients come in experiencing and something that like a lot of my clients also hold trauma onto because where our society tells us we're too much. And I was actually watching your stories the other day on Instagram. And I love that you did this story that was about like, um, the idea was around being too much, but it wasn't like the words being too much, but yeah, <laughs> but it, it was about, the, about that idea of like, you're not too much. You're an artist, like you're creative like, mm -hmm. and I think that's something that once we start owning that and stepping into like the individuality of that, like just think how much magic we're all going to create in this world when we're all owning, owning that aspect of our creativity rather than, rather than having our society tell us that it's too much. Yes, exactly. And I think that, yeah, my, yeah, that, that was really, that response that I put on stories was really just about like, you know, I just hear it all the time. I hear all the time, like, and it breaks my heart when I hear artists say things like, do I not care about myself? Like, do I not love myself that I'm not able to like be productive in this one way? Right. Like, do I not, do I, am I not a really an artist? Right. Like if I, if I don't, you know, do things, you know, if I'm not able to, for example, walk into my studio every single day and like make something, you know, or, or, or even for example, walking, you know, into a studio or sitting at a, you know, desk and editing or whatever it is and actually be able to carry it out and get from one, get from the beginning of a piece to an end of a piece. So many people think that, oh, because I'm not productive in this way that I've been taught to be productive, that I'm not going to ever have my artistic goals. I'm not ever going to have my creative goals. And that's just not true. All you have to do is own that shit, tap into your creative process, 
and your artistic process and apply it to everything to yes, making the piece, making that film, sitting down and editing, and also to doing your finances and figuring out your budget and you know what I mean? And developing a program or figuring out like, there are ways to take that artistic one and that process and apply it to everything. And that is when you're gonna feel like, oh shit, I can actually do this. The reason you feel like you can't actually do it is because you only are using your creative process in one way, which is to make art. You're not using it every, anywhere else, generally speaking, right? Like I don't wanna make a, you know, but generally speaking. And, um, and so that's something else that we do in, in, in coaching and it's, I, I love it. I, I, I think that that is a huge part of my lens, even as a director with theater, right? Is I'm like, okay, like, you know, cool. This is cool that you're doing this in rehearsal, but why don't you also try this at home? You know what I mean? Like that thing in order to build a character or whatever it is. So that exploration, that process, it's really, really fun. And, and, and it's something that I encourage everybody basically that I work with to do, which is to find ways that these, this creative lens can really apply to so many different things in your life and not just to the making of your art. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh my gosh. So if, I just like, my whole brain is kind of like popping right now and being like, just, just wanting to like yell out, out of like enjoyment right now. Um, yeah, yes. So, okay. So if someone is, everybody listening, first I invite you to really like take all this information and start, start really internalizing it and, and trying it and playing and experimenting with it. But also if you're thinking like, yes, this is what I need more of, like, this is the missing key, like, to my creativity and my lifestyle right now that I need to make it feel very nourished and juicy and, and learn how to, like, use it in your art, in your life, and in, in all these different areas, whether you're an entrepreneur or an artist or, or, or whatever. Jacqueline, what is the best way for people to work with you to first get in contact with you? Like, what's your best social media? And then do you have anything coming up that you'd like to share with people of ways to actually physically work with you? Yes, 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 yes. So um, you can follow me at And Arts Co. So And is spelled out, A-N-D, at And Arts Co. on Instagram. That would be the first place that I would go. Um, and then obviously as well, you can check out the website, which is www.andspelledoutartsco.com. Um, I just launched my two creative coaching programs, which I'm so excited about, which are the Creative Collective and the Artist Assembly. So that is where I would go first if you're really looking to um, work with me or even just, you know, look at what are the possibilities are, um, which is the Artist Assembly Creative Collective. So the Artist Assembly is really for folks who are artists, identify as artists, and work, want to work in a particular industry. So for example, if you're an actor and you're like, I want to be a film actor, that's what I want to do, right? Or I want to be a television and film actor, that's what I want to do. Or I want to be a theater, whatever it is. Um, that's really what the Artist Assembly is for. It's so that you can build a lasting and lucrative career in the genre and industry that you want to be in, and you can have the support and the accountability and the resources to do that. That's really what the Artist Assembly for, is for. The Creative Collective is for if you're an artist or creative and you own a business. So this is really what um, we're kind of get what we mainly kind of got into today a little bit, Lilia, but, but is really about learning how to apply your artistic and creative process to your business so that you are not only developing really cool, innovative things in your business, but you're also taking your process and applying it to the day-to-day -day of your business so that it can feel more enjoyable and fun and creative. Um, so that's really what the Creative Collective is for. So I would check out those two programs. Um, I'm so excited. They, uh, we begin 
the second week of November. Um, and they're open now for enrollment. So I would check those out. And also, if you are ever feeling like, oh, I just need a little bit of a creative tune-up, or I want to feel, I want to get back into the, you know, creative energy, or I, I'm really lacking a community around me um, supporting my creative goals, come to Creative Hour. So Creative Hour is a weekly um, gathering that is totally free that you can come to um, where we talk a little bit about your creative goals, where we do a little bit of coaching, where you meet really fun people. And we also do a prompt, um, a creative prompt to just make something for the sake of making something and to have a relationship with your creativity just to have it. Um, it's not based on product. It's not based on how it turns out. You're just there to make something fun just for the sake of making something fun. Um, so yeah, those are all the different ways that you can get involved or that you can check and arts out. And I encourage you to come to Creative Hour, um, even if you want to just step your toes in first before looking at any of the programs. So yeah. <laughs> yes. Thank you for that. And yeah, if anyone decides to come to Creative Hour, usually I'm there. So I'll see you guys there too, <laughs> which is so much fun. If you want to come, come bring a friend. Um, it is a really fun, it's a totally chill kind of like creative self-care time, if you will, as I like wow. to. <laughs> it's been such an important part of my weeks in the past few weeks because it's just, oh, yeah, it's time that I can create something without having need to have an outcome. Mm -hmm. And like last time I created something and I was like, yeah, this was great. This process was fun. And then I recycled it and I was like, it's okay. <laughs> I feel like so much just came out of that process though. Like that yes. you learned a lot just from like making that thing and then being like, oh, okay. Like this can just go somewhere and it doesn't need to be shown to anybody and it doesn't need to be a thing. Like, um, so that's, yeah, it's really about process. Yeah. Is, is, is what we're here to do. So Yes. I'm so glad that you keep coming. Thanks, Lilia. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you for hosting this. And thank you so much for being here on Empowering the Light. Is there anything that you'd like to leave our listeners with today? Like anything that you'd like to tell them before we kind of close out? Um, I would just say that you're an artist and that And Arts is here for you. And if you are an artist that feels like there is not a place for you or feels like you know, that you're a little, feeling a little lost or feeling um, like there's not a community or people who think like you or want to live out an artist's life like you want to, that is not true. <laughs> and arts is here for you and to come and check us out. And um, yeah, like you're not alone. Yes. Oh, I love that. I love that closing statement. I think it's so powerful, especially when we're all feeling separated with COVID, just knowing that you're not alone. Mm -hmm. It's just so empowering in itself and knowing that there is a space for you always. Always. Yes, I love it. Thank you so much, Jacqueline, for being here on Empowering the Light for having me. Thank you so much. Yes, you're so welcome. And thank you to everyone who's listening for spending the last hour with us and spending your time with us and really soaking up all this juicy info and nourishment. And I invite you now to go take this into your life with you to, to not just listen to this and forget, but to listen to this and really expand and use it to expand and up level and explore and go explore and arts and explore your creativity and all the goodness. So I'm sending you guys so much love today and we'll see you next time. Bye.
Thank you for spending your time with us today. This podcast truly lights me up and I hope that it lit up your day with some inspiration too. If you are loving this episode, I invite you to head over to the show notes and sign up for my emailing list. Not only will you get a free cycle tracking guide, which is amazing and completely life-changing by the way, (laughs) but you will also get a new podcast episode delivered directly to your inbox every week so you don't miss any of the magic. I want to hear from you too. So what topics would you like us to cover this season? And what are you super excited about? This podcast is really about you and inspiring and empowering you in your life. So I want to know what you want to hear. I would love for you to come visit me over on my Instagram at Lilia, L-I-L-I-A underscore Gestin, G-E-S-T-S-O-N. And on my website, liliagestin.com. Let's connect and get to know each other. I'm sending you so much love in your day and I will see you on our next episode.